episode 97 of the OHL and 60 podcast. Reese Mania along with Colin Ward. Three to go until we uh, hit number 100. And if we're doing math correctly, which we're probably not, as Wardy cheers his water, or is that Bud Light? I can't tell. Um, are you the Carolina Hurricanes? Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, we're getting there. We're getting to 100. Kind of thinking about it. And like I said, if our math is right, which it probably isn't, uh, kind of lines up that uh, that our 100th episode will either be in the middle of the Memorial Cup or we will be previewing the Memorial Cup on episode number 100. So we're hoping it's the preview because that'd be sweet. But if it's right yeah. in the middle, eh, that'd be interesting. If you just see what we do, like what we would do. So that would definitely be interesting to see. Oh, we're, yeah, we're waiting for it. So, um, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. And, yeah, we're getting set for the Memorial Cup. And, you know, conference finals underway. It's, it's been exciting so far, to say the least. Uh, kind of give you a rundown here of how the show's going to go. We're going to start uh, player goaltender of the week. And Mr. Ward's favorite rookie from this year. Thanks since day one. Of the year honors. So we will touch on that. Of course, Cam Allen winning that uh, that award just on it was announced Tuesday. It was so. Yeah. Yeah, we will touch on that, and then we'll kind of break for a second. If there's another headline or two, um, then we'll touch on it, of course. But and of course, we'll get into round number three. We're going to start with Flint and Windsor. We're going to play audio from the post game scrums. Uh, after game two for both both series, uh, Flint, Windsor, and then uh, Hamilton and North Bay to follow. And that's when we'll kind of chat about the Bulldogs and Battalion series um, to round out the show. So to start, uh, we're going to go player of the week first. And well, both of these honors are within the Hamilton Bulldogs organization. Uh, player of the week goes to Avery Hayes, seven points, three goals, four assists for, of course, a couple of victories. For the Bulldogs, they lead the series to nothing. Uh, also in consideration for the award, Hayes' line mate, Logan Morrison, who you will hear from uh, towards the end of the show, uh, recorded five points. He had two goals, three assists in the first two games. And then, well, their teammate, Arbor Jacki, three points uh, and a plus six rating in games one and two for him. So that is your OHL player of the week. And moving into the crease, not a shocker here. Marco Costantini <laughs> owned the honor. Again, second straight yeah. week. Uh, Tucker Tynan won at the first week of the playoffs. Luke Cavillan has won, or won at the next two. And then it's been Marco Costantini the last couple of weeks here in the playoffs. And it's well-deserved. He's played unreal. You'll hear Jay McKee's thoughts on, on Marco's play throughout the playoffs so far and how he's led them to this point of being 10 and 0 in the postseason uh, this week in those two wins goes against average of one nine sixty save percentage. And that does include a shutout five, nothing in game two against the North Bay battalion. Uh, also in consideration for the award from the Windsor Spitfires, Matt Onishka, uh, he was one and one goals against average 3.05 save percentage, nine fourteen. What a trade that was. Yeah, not bad, eh? What a trade that was for them. Nice yeah. trade by Windsor. Worked That's out very sure. well. 
Yeah, London regrets it. Yeah. Eh, they still have Brochu, but yeah, they got him back, but I think they yeah. regret it for the way things went down during the regular season. No, that's fair. The last month. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. All right, uh, Wardy, you might as well introduce this this next topic. Uh, rookie of the year goes to Gulfstorm <laughs> defenseman Cam Allen. The four yeah. is yours, sir. Yeah, Cam Allen, rookie of the year. Solid season. I mean, elite puck-moving defenseman. Um, he's a future top five pick in the National Hockey League. He's so good. You watch him in every single situation. He exceeds expectations in every single category that you look for in a defenseman. I mean, he has size. He's good with the puck. He moves the puck well. He makes the first pass. He's never out of position. He's always poised. He plays a game like in a rocking chair, like a lot like how Evan Bouchard did when he was in London. And it's so similar. And Cam Allen, he just he's just he's got it all. He's got it all. He's a dream. He's one of those guys that's easy to scout if you're scouting because he's got it all, right? Like all the, those guys are easy. You got to find the depth guys. But um Solid, solid, solid rookie of the year. I think he's been a pick for rookie of the year since when Christmas. Like, I think like, yeah. him or Colby Barlow, yep. Goyette, like Goyette and Sudbury. But those three gotta be those gotta be the three. Um he's the first uh first Guelph uh storm player to win rookie of the year since Ryan Merkley, 1617. Yeah, first mm-hmm. first defense oh first defenseman to win a rookie of the year since Ryan Merkley. So Congrats to Cam Allen. Um, heck of a year. Heck of a year he had and um very well deserving. Probably it's gonna it'd be interesting to see where Allen, Barlow, Goyat, where those guys rank amongst the CHL for their peers for their age. That would be interesting to see because they had heck of a seasons. All three of these guys had had heck of a seasons in the Ontario Hockey League, but like yeah, be interesting to see where they rank with the kids out west or where they rank with the kids in out east like uh that'd be interesting to see as well no that's a good that's a good point you make because it yeah it's something we've always wondered right and um you know as much as you can put video next to each other and you know compare the way they skate or you know their shot whatever Mm -hmm. you want to say it's just not the same and and I'm I'm not saying we should have a CHL All Star game as sick as that would be. Oh, that'd be a good idea. But though. prospects games probably as close as we're gonna get yeah, to that exactly next year. One, Ooh. we fully expect Cam Allen to be a part of that. So who next? You imagine that prospects game next year? Oh my! You're talking Connor Bedard, Colby Barlow, <laughs> like Cam Allen. Talk about yeah. talk about a prospects game. Like that's exciting. I'm on it excited for that mm-hmm. that's that's incredible do we gotta wait till next uh end of february or march i know right yeah that kind of sucks yeah well, well we gotta play mm cup before that so we'll be okay very true um, yeah alan third overall pick 2021 ohl priority selection 13 goals 24 assists in 65 games and a plus 13 in his Solid. rookie season uh his 13 goals led ohl rookie defenseman the new storm franchise record by a 16 or 17 year old rookie defenseman as well. He had 175 shots on net second most by an OHL rookie blue liner. And of course he is eligible for the 2023 NHL draft. Uh, just in this article here, if you want to read the entire piece, OHL 
Cam is where you can find it. Just here's a couple quotes from Cam Allen. Uh, he says, it's such an honor to be a, to be voted rookie of the year. The amount of rookies around the league that had phenomenal seasons make this award feel that much more special. Uh, yeah, I can agree with the, that. It was a very good rookie class this year. Big time, especially with the two sets of rookies too. That's mm-hmm. in like, you imagine how good the product of the league is going to be next year when these two sets of rookies become veterans the same year. I mean, that's going to be crazy. And I mean, you got rookies going in development camp this year in the NHL, which is really hasn't been done like a full rookie core class, like going up for the draft year. So that's pretty exciting to see the product for next year as well. Yeah. Uh, George Burnett also put in his two cents. Uh, Burnett says he has played important minutes in all situations for our club this season and has done so with great success. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Big time. He's been great. He was, he was incredible. Um, he's a future defenseman of the year award winner for sure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's exciting to see where his career is going to go in Cam Allen because he's definitely a star in the making and he was a star at 16 when he's 18, 19, this kid's going to be off the charts. So excited to see where he can go. That's for sure. Yeah. Maybe, hopefully, a future show guest. Maybe. That should be cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll put him on the it. summer list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little teaser there. Um, like you mentioned, Cam Allen, he joins Ryan Merkley in the 16, 17 year, as well as Jeff O'Neill back in yeah. 1992, <laughs> 93 as the third storm player uh, in franchise history to win rookie of the year. It had tag overdrive on that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, and so with this award, Allen will be the OHL's nominee for CHL Rookie of the Year award. Uh, of course, Goyette was the Eastern Conference finalist for uh, for this award this year. So again, congrats to David Goyette as well. Great season for him with the Sudbury Wolves, but uh, to Cam Allen, uh, he kicked ass all year. So good for yeah. him. Yeah, big congrats. That's for sure. All right. This is probably the earliest break we have ever taken in the show. We're what? Approaching 10 and a half minutes in, and we are going to break. When we come back, Spitfires and Firebirds all knotted up at one game apiece after the first two. We will break that one down for you. You will hear the post-game audio from game number two as well. So all of that and more here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL and 60 podcast. Uh, in the description, the link is there to any platform that we are a part of, including the Bulldogs audio network, Reed Duffy, and the whole gang. They've got you covered throughout the entire OHL playoffs right on the Bulldogs audio network, where you can find us as well since the new year started. So uh, also link to the websites there, Brandon Caputo, rolling with those articles after the Bulldogs game. So make sure you check those out as well. OHL and 60 podcast.com. And we are here with you for the ride throughout the playoffs. So again, at the OHL and 60 podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I did the math because clearly I didn't do it before the show or else I would have told everyone. Um, Episode 100 is scheduled to be released on 
June 14th, six days before the Ontario Hockey League champion takes on the St. John's Sea Dogs. Hey, 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 that's a attaboy. Nice stat. Nice. We'd be on the board for that one. Math guy. Yeah, I got you. Hey, now. So, not a big deal. Mem Cup <laughs> yeah. preview. Here we go. No, <laughs> that's for three episodes from now. <laughs> All right. And uh, who will it be? The Flint Firebirds, the Winter Spitfires, the Hamilton Bulldogs, the North Bay Battalion. I guess it's St. John's. Hamilton Bulldogs, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just doesn't I'm seem just, like they're gonna lose right now. So I'm very upset that I didn't pick them to win. I had them going to the finals, but not to win. So I'm I very, think I picked London. Same, same in that I, I picked London out. to beat Barry. Okay. Which Barry was both of our upset pick. Yes. Yes. Barry, I think I had Barry in the first round being Saga. I did. I think I did too. You got to stick with six. Yeah. We're not big betting guys, anyways. Well, I'm not, anyways. You are. I'm not it. I'm not anymore. Oh, okay. All right. I'm not any, I'm not <laughs> Would you anymore. lose a million dollars and you're like, screw that? I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Not, not anymore after, the, after these picks. My God. <laughs> I don't know why I did not pick the Hamilton Bulldogs to win. At the start of the year, I mean, I, I don't think we Playoffs. expected Mason McTavish to be a Hamilton Bulldog. Very true. Hey, or even possibly this. be an OHLer. Remember this. I gotta write. I'm gonna write this down right now in my notes. So next year during the preview, we're during the preview show. We're gonna mention one player that will wind up playing for another team. Oh God, that would be interesting because there's always gonna be like that Mason McTavish trade. There's always going to be that big trade. The Suzuki trade. There's always going to be that trade. So I'm writing that yeah. down right now in my phone. It's a so, solid segment. Yeah, that's going to be like, that's an interesting question because like, there's always going to be that trade every year. There's that trade. Um, even the Arbor Jack, I trade was massive. I mean, yeah. Arbor Jack, I, he's changed that Hamilton decor, the big slow decor, I should say, but. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. All right, uh, but we will start with the Flint Firebirds, Windsor Spitfires. Before we kind of look at game two, because we'll we'll go off a of game two. That's the most recent one. And it worked out that we're recording on Tuesday when there's no games. So, hey, yeah. Hey, shout out to us. Shout out to Wardy's grandparents for showing up Monday night and us being unable to record. Shout out to them. Because <laughs> that worked out perfectly. Well, hey, the schedule, the schedule has been... I mean, now we're in gong show territory here, like complete off the rails for this semifinal, for this conference final schedule. I mean, we're playing on the same nights. And I was thinking, let's say game seven. Like game six and sevens are on the exact same night. I I obviously clued in about game seven last week, but like they're back to backs, Tuesday, Wednesday, middle of the week game six and seven if the series i mean i don't think it will go six and seven for either series but if it does we got a big problem on our hands big problem hopefully it doesn't happen there's enough problems going on right now so hopefully that's not a hopefully that's not a situation yeah right that's what i'm saying (laughs) yeah uh all right uh we'll play audio first and then we'll kind of break it down so you'll hear from it You'll hear from the Flint Firebirds, uh, Ted Dent and Zach Terry, as well as Windsor Spitfires head coach Mark Savard and Matthew Maggio following game two of their first round matchup. Here it is. 
Good evening and welcome to post-game coverage of Game 2 of the Western Conference Championship Series. Uh, welcome to everyone viewing on your TV in Windsor, uh, those fans in Flint watching online on CHL TV, and those tuning in across the province on the OHL Action Pack. Tonight, accompanied by Flint Firebirds head coach Ted Dent and veteran defenseman Zach Terry. Uh, coach, a 7-2 final. Perhaps that, that score not indicative of the game as a whole, but uh, maybe you can walk us through it. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I thought, you know, obviously Windsor came out hard. Um, they didn't want to lose two games in a row at home, and uh, we expected that. Um, so credit to them. They came out hard. They were physical. Um, thought we weathered the storm pretty good and had, had a really good second period. And, you know, their goaltender played really well and made some big saves. And, uh, you know, we did our best to, to hang in there till the end. Zach, a physical game to say the least. Uh, you could call it playoff hockey. Of course, some you know you guys needed to adapt a little bit there, losing uh, Colson Petrie and and of course Tyler DeLine getting a little bit banged up mid-game. Um, you know how, how important is a, is a day off tomorrow to rest up for uh, getting in front of your home fans? Yeah, you know I think uh, obviously tomorrow is huge. Rest, recover, uh, take a look at the game today, make improvements. But like you said, it's it's playoff hockey, and every game the series series goes along, it's going to get more intense, more physical, and a bigger battle. We're going to be ready for it. Uh, we'll take some questions. Just uh, wait for the microphone to come to you if you uh, would wish to ask one. Um. I think, obviously, Ted, everybody's going to ask about what happened with Luke. Was that just a skate issue, or, or is there more than that? Yeah, I think it was. I think he lost his blade on his skate uh, and then made a save um, as that was happening. And uh, and then I just I just thought it was time. You know, uh, we're down 6-1 or whatever it is at the time, and... No reason to uh, risk an injury or what have you and get Daisy in for some playoff, playoff action as well. Uh, Coach, obviously this one's probably you know tough one to swallow, 7-2 loss, but is there a little bit of, I guess, not comfort, but in the back of your mind, the fact that this series is going back home, you guys have home ice advantage now tied at one? Yeah, I mean... You know, we won one game here. Uh, we go back with a split. Um, guys are really excited to play at home, obviously, and uh, you know we have to have a good effort at home. And uh, we accomplished what we wanted to do on this trip. Yeah, it was a big score today, but whether it's one nothing or, or seven two, a loss is a loss, and uh, we regroup and get ready for the next game. Just one additional one for me, Coach. Uh, you, you, you get under that five-minute power play there in the first period. Uh, was that a little bit deflating for your club to allow that shorthanded goal? Yeah, I think anytime you get scored against shorthanded, it uh, it deflates your team. I mean, scoring shorthanded at any level is, is a huge thing, and uh, especially in a five-minute power play. I don't really like five-minute power play. Sometimes you can go the other way and you can lose momentum, and, and that definitely happened uh, in this situation. And Zach, just for yourself, obviously, uh, the way Luke Cavillan's played through at the playoffs, uh, you know, Windsor, a high-powered offense. They got a few on him tonight. Uh, do you feel like you guys need to be better in front of him? Uh, you know, absolutely. I think we gave up a little bit uh, too much off the rush today, and you know, we hung him out to dry in a couple of situations. But he's been been the backbone of our team, and we still have the utmost confidence in in him and, and our defense core and our forwards too. I Joined by head coach Mark Savard as well as uh, veteran forward Matthew Maggio. Coach, in light of our conversation following Game One, uh, I have to imagine you're happy with the adjustments that uh, you saw from your club and um, you know the time spent and the day off to kind of re reassess things. Just walk us through the game. Yeah, I, I'm uh, obviously proud of the guys tonight. Um, we had a week and off, and we were a little rusty, I thought, in game one. And 
we, we felt like we gave them a lot of their, their goals in game one. So tonight, you know, the real focus was on being physical. Obviously, we were, we were very physical. And, and just, you know, being above pucks and, and doing your job. And, and the guys were excellent all around. And I thought our defense core was fantastic. Uh, second period, Anuska was huge for us when we needed him. And besides that, you know, obviously, Mash had a big game for us. And a lot of guys stepped up. I thought Cooley was excellent. Um, and it's just a big win and, and a good momentum boost for our squad. Matt, 38 goals during the regular season, and uh, you, you got on some hot streaks there during the campaign. Of course, one goal coming in tonight's game in the postseason, but you break out in a big way with a hat trick. Just tell us how you feel right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a big relief for sure, and obviously it's been a tough playoffs, uh, definitely a little snake bit. So I think the, the team's done a great job uh, from coaches to just uh, my teammates uh, just sticking with me, and uh, I thought we all knew that it was going to come eventually. So as long as I, I kept playing my game and uh, put, kept putting pucks on net that, that it would go in eventually. So uh, I think that was big and obviously it's a big sigh of relief to Question, Manny? Coach, just talk about the game plan to play more physical. Uh, it seemed like they had real struggles playing with uh, your physicality, especially in the first. Well, I, I don't think there's any secret throughout the year that uh, our team identity is, is physical and, and a team that never gives up. So. Uh, I think we proved that tonight. Uh, we came out definitely with a, with a better attitude tonight. And just, I think we're more focused. And, and it seems, you know, I, against Kitchener in, in, in game three, our backs were against the wall. Our backs haven't been against the wall too often. And tonight, I, I felt that. I felt that all day throughout the room. And we went on the ice and, and, and we did a job and, and a well done by, by all 20 guys. Lots been made about the team's special teams. They performed, again, at a high level today. Yeah, we're, we're not worried about our special teams. Uh, again, I'll use Maj's word. You know, we felt we were a bit snake bit. Obviously, we've played some great goaltenders in the playoffs. So our power play, you know, kept trying, and we, it just wouldn't go in. So, uh, you know, credit to those guys. It went in tonight. And then again, our penalty kill since Christmas, I think we were running at 90%, and they've been excellent throughout the playoffs as well. So, uh, yeah, we won the special teams battle. We're going to have to do that again here going up to Flint. It's going to be a lot tougher and a big task, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm positive that the guys can do it again. Matt, did you ever lose confidence, even though you seem to be snake-bitten around the goal? Maybe talk about your confidence level. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, having only one goal in playoffs, it, uh, it's tough and it's frustrating, but uh, I think I've really ha uh, tried to have a short memory and, and not worry about the game before and kind of just focus on uh, trying to play my best and knowing that the goals will come. Uh, there's not really much you can do about the production. Uh, it's it's going to come and it's going to go. So uh, as long as I'm playing my game and, and I'm, I'm good defensively and uh, creating energy, I think I think that's where I get my confidence from. And uh, to have that go in, obviously, tonight was, was huge for me. But uh, I've just tried to have a short memory all playoffs. And as long as the team's winning, I think that's the main goal. Is it just me or did you kind of do a double take on that first goal? Just like, did that really go in? Yeah, yeah I think I had to confirm that. It's... Uh, I, I felt snake bit that first period, and I thought I had some goals that, that he saved, and he was playing great in the first. So uh, I, I had to look back to make sure that one went in, and uh, that felt real good when, when I saw the, the buzzer go. Mark, I know you talked about wanting your team to play physical, but is this as physical a game as, you, as you've had this year with this group? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, in between periods, the coaching staff, you know, we talked, and that was as close to, you know, old OHL hockey from, you know, 15 years ago as you're going to get, I thought, in that first period. And, you know, we don't stress on our guys to you know to do any anything silly but again we wanted to be physical we want to make a statement we want to get on their d and i think uh you know everybody followed the plan to a t 
Do you worry now that you know you, you get a game like this that you maybe get too high from something like this? How do you sort of bring it back down for three? No, we've been we've been excellent all uh, all year. Especially you know we won 13 straight to, to end the season, and uh, you know every night we seemed to roll over. The next day wasn't a problem. We you know we kept a pretty even keel, and you know that'll be the message tomorrow. Obviously we got we got to practice before we head up there, and uh, that'll be part of the message. You know they, you know when it gets out of hand a bit, you know I'm not sure they want to let up, but you know we keep working hard and we kept getting breaks. But again, at the end of the day, we're going to get a better Flint Firebirds team. They're they're a great hockey team over there, so we'll be ready for. Uh, Wednesday. Matt, what is it about you guys that a little bit of adversity seems to bring out the best in you? Uh, yeah, I think we're a team that all year uh, when we're faced with adversity, our, our real character comes out. And I think that's just uh, credit to the coaches and, and the type of guys that we have in the locker room. Uh, there's a sense of confidence in our group that uh, no matter what happens, we go down a game in the series or, or we don't have a great period that uh, we don't turn on each other. And I think that's a big thing for us. It's just uh, staying together as a team and, and, and really playing together. And I think that showed tonight. Uh, we played a great team game. So, And there you have it. Post-game audio from game two of the Western Conference Finals. Hearing from head coach and interim GM Ted Dent, as well as Zach Terry of the Firebirds. And then Spitz head coach Mark Savard and forward Matthew Maggio. And Wardy, first impressions through two games in this series, you know, that 4-3 win by the Firebirds to kick things off. And then, ooh, game two, not even close. 7-2 Windsor takes that one on Monday. Yeah, in this series, it's more like how far can Luke Cavillan take the Flint Firebirds in this series? That's what it feels like. That's what the eye candy is. I mean, when you, that's the eye test. When you're watching this series, you can – see Windsor outplaying them. It's just how many saves is Luke Cavillan going to make? I mean, mm-hmm. we've, I say this every show and when you're in that, when you're playing, when you're an underdog, you need to make, you need to, you can't give up more than three goals, three or le- three or less. You're okay. You're going to compete in the game. But if you give up more than three against a team like Windsor, against a team like Hamilton, you're going to lose those games. You are, you are not going to win those games. So it's a tough. It's a very tough ask. It's tough to go in there when you know that in your head you gotta be great, game in and game out, or you're going to lose. That's mm-hmm. so tough on a goalie, right? Because as a goalie, it's like a pitcher, right? In baseball, you kind of want to keep the the less off your the less on your brain, the better it is for you, right? Like yeah. the more you're thinking, the worse it gets. That's when you get. That's when you start getting lit up. But the situation there uh, with it's just. How can Cav? How many saves can Cavlin make? Um, can he? Can he beat the Windsor Spitfires? Can he win those? Can he win? Can he win a series? It's going to be similar to what we saw with Benjamin Goudreau in the first round. How far can he? How far did he take the Sarnia Sting? I thought six games. That's pretty good, right? So we'll see what happens here. But that's what it, it looks a lot similar to that situation there in the first round with Goudreau mm-hmm. for Cavlin. And Cavlin's been great, but this series, Windsor's all over them. Game one, Windsor was all over them. Windsor was a better team in game one. Mm-hmm. And that's why, and that's why I like what Savard said. And Ted Dent, intern, uh, head coach and GM for the Flint Firebirds, even said, mentioned that. He goes, he knew they were going to come out. Then the team knew they were going to come out. They just didn't respond. And it's going to happen, but that's just the depth of the Windsor Spitfires. And it's weird. You watch the Windsor Spitfires D, and you don't think, like, what is this decor, right? You look at Pear, you look at Rebo, like, yeah, they have some guys, but like it's like I'm surprised Flint can't get in toward the goal on Anuska. 
I just can't believe that because like you have Brandon Othman, you have Piercy, a big forward. Tag Bertuzzi's had a good series. Um, Deus Lombardi's had a really good series. You look at those guys, like all their goals come in. You got to get below the goal line and work your way out to the slot, right? And mention that too, playoff goals, garbage goals. But it's just weird that Flint's having that big of a problem in the series. I just couldn't believe that. But mm-hmm. Windsor looks good. Windsor looks really good. And I like the quote, Savard, Savard in his press conference, I like that because like you can just see the leadership. You can just see the leadership like he's been there before. And it's similar to Jay McKee in Hamilton. You can It's similar, right? When those guys played in the NHL, they know. Right, they, they had deep been playoff in runs. Like, yeah, they've been in these situations, yeah. and when you can just feel the, you can just feel the composure. Like, you can feel like the confidence, like the swagger. Like, it's not like you're down one zero. Oh well, we're just gonna go watch. We're just gonna watch video and right back to it. Right, mm-hmm. is what it is, and um, that's contagious for the boys. That's contagious, and they, the players, love that. Right, because they're they're not they're not too overwhelmed, and. You can set, you could sense that, and it was funny when Maggio said when that, when he scored, and kind of like looked up that relief, right? And that's what happens when a goalie like Luke Cavlin's playing so good. That's what happens, right? When you finally get one, next thing you know, you get two, then you get three, and then you just build off that, and next thing you know, you win some games. So, Windsor Spitfires look really good. Yeah, not one period in this series have the Spitfires had less than ten shots on goal. Crazy, eh? Uh, whereas the Firebirds game one, they only had five in the third, despite hanging on for the win compared to 15 for Windsor and then seven in the first period um, of game number two. But for them, they've had four periods of more than 10 shots. But yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It's it, it. Can the goaltender win a series? And like you said, with Godro, it was, yeah, he won them two games, but he wasn't going to win them a series. It's just, that's the depth of the team, and you knew it wasn't going to happen. And it's, it's the same with Cavalin, you know, that everyone's going to have to step up, and they can't win this series based off of goaltending. It's got to be a collective effort that has to find another gear. And the crowd at the Dort's going to help with that for sure. Oh, um, and by, the, by the way, yeah, I think I know where exactly where you're going. Want to sit at the same time with step, like step brothers? <laughs> Three, two, one. Well, I don't know what we're going to say. Let's just say it at the same time and let's see if it is. What are we? Oh, oh okay. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Go. Flaunt Mickey, the flannel. Oh, Mickey, okay. Mickey Redmond. <laughs> Mickey Redmond, a special guest. For I thought we were going with the four. flannel with Redmond. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn it. Come what on, What a blonde Lordy. moment. Jeez. What a blonde moment. Oh, my. Like, I've no, I know I've had, like, a tough week, but, like, oh, my. How do I not know that? I have no Flaunt idea, Lordy. I was talking about that. What day was I talking about that? What Sunday when we were Sunday when we were golf or Monday when we were golfing? Yeah, Fonta Falana. Oh my! Oh, good. That's a blonde moment. That's almost Hall of Fame territory. Yeah, that's going to be sweet. Mickey Redmond hopping on the call on the Firebirds Hockey Network. That's sweet. So, do we start it over under how many uh, day late dollar shorts? Um, Ginger ale, Lombardi. See you later. Yeah. Um, Yep. You can't say that. You can't say the tough son of a G-U-N anymore. So he's got to be careful out there because he's broadcasting junior hockey games, not NHL, where you see that a lot of times during the Wings games. He's like, that's a tough son of a gun. Yeah. He's got to be careful about that one. And then when the bro- then when like a scrum breaks out, he can't really encourage it like before just a fun in the work place. Well, but hey, be all right. It's nine o'clock on a Saturday. 
That'll be a good one. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see the dart with the karaoke going there. But, um, you either play the country roads, but they got to change it because they got to get Mickey Redmond on the mic. You know, he'll be all over that. And I think it's a genius idea by the Flint Firebirds. I'm surprised it's Flint. Obviously, if Saginaw was there with the Red Wing connections to the Saginaw spirit with ownership, that's a no-brainer because Redmond's been in Saginaw a few times. But it's nice to see him around the Ontario Hockey League, obviously, with Peter mm-hmm. Burrell. It's nice to see him in Flint. And that's going to be a huge drawing point for the Flint Firebirds. I know a lot of people – I mean, Mickey Redmond's the GOAT. Mickey Redmond's the GOAT. Like, yeah. there's no better broadcaster – Like color guy i guess like i don't think i don't think any other hockey fan base misses their broadcasters when espn does the game than detroit Detroit. you can't you can't there is no better broadcast for hockey than the detroit red wings and this is not bias at all it's a fact you watch you watch a game on sportsnet a leaf game and then you watch and then you can watch a detroit red wing broadcast on valley sports detroit it's not even close it's not even close like there's no talks. There's no r- fake rumors starting. I mean, it's old school hockey. And I mean, how can you not love that? You get Hall you know, of Famers that go on there, not yeah, second pair defensemen. Yeah, like it's it's honestly like I don't think there's any better hockey broadcast in the NHL than the Detroit Red Wings. And I'm not saying that. It's I mean, that Red probably also has a lot a lot to do with it with them being American, being the American broadcast. Because yeah. yeah, I'm not going to go any further. Yeah, but like it's the best hockey broadcast in the NHL by far. Yeah. Detroit Red Wings. You know, it's not it's not biased at all. This is totally straight up. It is. There's nobody better than Mickey Redmond, Ken Daniels. And Mickey Redmond, it's gonna be awesome to hear him in Flynn. I cannot wait for that because the energy in that building, he's gonna and you know he's gonna love that small town like mm-hmm. hockey feel, like junior hockey feel. You know he loves that. And he's always in the Michigan and he's always in the Detroit Michigan community right around the grass level junior level college level so that's gonna it's just an exciting time I mean he's still out there at alumni against the Detroit Red Wings at yep. 77 years old with no helmet on he's the only guy out there it's the best part when you watch the Red Wings alumni games when you see Mickey Redmond out there with no helmet on just flying around in his late 70s so it's awesome it's I can't wait to see that that's for sure and I saw that it lit up my day like that was awesome yeah all right we are done time for a break when we come back we will switch to the eastern conference bulldogs and battalion and we're going to have a discussion about defensemen and if they are actually slow or not or are they just big yeah we will have that discussion because it did come up in the post-game presser that you will also hear. So make sure you stick around. Coming up next, Bulldogs Battalion here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Uh, Colin Ward, the owner of Strawberry Hair Gel. Man. We, so we come out of the break and here's a can and crack. Yep, that's right. Lay back, take a sip. Because Grab a ginger ale, sit back, have fun. <laughs> yeah. So we end the break and I'm like, literally as the mics are going off, man, my hair, my hair gel smells like strawberries. Legit. I'm like smelling my hand all show. Because it smells like strawberries. And like, 
you know, like when I'm that type of person, like when I put the gel and I touch it so much, yeah, yeah oh yeah, gel, like an I'm hour there. later it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a waste. But yeah, it literally it smells like strawberries. So that's interesting. I gotta figure that out by now if I uh, the time the next game is because that's gonna bug me because all game I'm not gonna focus. I just gonna think about my hair, which I'm bad for that. So be I'm your new Twitter bio owner of strawberry hair gel. I'll do it right now. Oh god. <laughs> And while Wardy does that, uh, we will get you set for our discussion of the Bulldogs and Battalion series. Here is post-game audio from game two of that matchup. Uh, You'll hear from head coach of the Battalion, Ryan Oulihan, as well as Mitchell Russell. And then from the Bulldogs, it was Jay McKee and forward Logan Morrison discussing their thoughts on game number two. Here it is. Good evening. Welcome to post-game coverage of game two of the Eastern Conference Championship Series. I'd like to welcome those tuning in tonight in Hamilton on Cable 14, those watching in North Bay on uh, your TV, as well as those tuning in online on CHL TV. Joined tonight by uh, North Bay Battalion head coach Ryan Oulihan, as well as veteran forward Mitchell Russell. Tonight's final 5-0 in favor of the Hamilton Bulldogs. And coach, uh, you've worn the battalion logo on your chest. You've been in some tough playoff series throughout your you know, pro career and whatnot. Through 120 minutes in this series, what's your read and, and, and thoughts so far? Well, uh, you know, the score is what it is, but like you said, I, the experience factor right now, the one thing I know is um, no, no matter what the score is, it's just a loss. And that's how we got to look at it here. I'm a very optimistic, positive person. And um, I say we, we get back home, we get back to North Bay where I know we'll have some fans behind us here, make it a hostile environment. and and a place that uh, we know we can have some success in. So we're going to hold our heads up, up high, uh, regroup. It's nice to have two days in between, which is, which is really good for our guys right now, a day to, to rest and recover, and, and then it allows us to actually have a good practice day before we play on Wednesday night. Mitchell, uh, coach said it, going back to the gardens, playing in front of the seventh man. Uh, does this team have another gear that they can reach back and find? Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously playing at home. Uh, we have a lot of fun playing there, and uh, we've been good there all year. So um, I think you're going to see a different energy from our group uh, going back home. We'll uh, take questions now, guys. Yeah, Ryan, with Devin Settis getting the start tonight, does that showcase the confidence that you, that you have in both guys? Uh, for sure. You know, we, we think that we have, you know, one of the strongest goaltending tandems in the league. And, and to have that, you might as well use that. Um, and I thought he, he made some unbelievable saves here tonight and was real solid and kind of kept us in, in the fight as long as he could tonight. Uh, yeah, in terms, you guys talk about how good you are at home. That second year, you can kind of get in front, in front of your fans. Uh, 4-0-1 so far in the playoffs at home. You won 25 uh, in your building. Just Is that the message to keep the confidence up? Haven't played at home yet in this series, and you got to find that gear. And if it's not going to be in game three, then it might not be ever. Yeah, I mean, you know, coming in on the road here against Hamilton, it, I mean, it would have been bonus to steal one. It didn't happen. Uh, but now we just got to go back to, to our building. Like you said, it's we've been really, really good uh, all year at home. We've been really good in the playoffs. Uh, we know, our, like, our fans are, are pretty special. And I know that they're, uh, they're looking forward to supporting us. And um, you know maybe put them in a in a vulnerable position in a building that uh, I also have experiences as being a visitor and it's no fun. Uh, so we want to make sure that uh, we're ready and prepared for Wednesday. In terms of scoring, trying to create more offense, only five power play chances so far through the first two. Is that 
Is that what the biggest area you're looking for to try to get that scoring with only two goals here in Hamilton? Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's an easy one to look at there. Um, you know, we got to find a way to, to make things harder on their goaltender and the cliche of, you know, if you can't see it, you can't stop it, all those types of things we can do. I think we can be a little bit a little bit more intense in the offensive zone and around their goaltender and maybe draw a penalty or two as well uh, along the way. So those are all things. Like I said, we get a couple days of regroup, a practice day, which I think is needed, and um, you know, be ready for Wednesday. Mitchell, I know it's hard to talk about after a loss, but can you just discuss, kind of quickly discuss, you recently signed the contract with the NHL San Jose Sharks. Obviously, your teammate Brandon Coe is also a uh, San Jose Sharks prospect. So can you just talk about kind of the way that you've played this year, earning that pro contract, and how excited you are moving forward to join that organization uh, as early as next year? Yeah, I think every game um, I go out there and I give it my all. Um, if I'm not scoring, I'm trying to finish checks or uh, get the boys going. So um, I think for me, every game I go into the game thinking that I can be a positive impact with our guys. Coach, you guys have played Hamilton now four times this in 2022, uh, 0-4, haven't been within three goals. What's the reason for the belief that you can finally win against these guys? Well, I, I think, you know, at certain points during the hockey game here today, there was times where we were doing some good things. Um, we're going to draw a lot of pauses from that. I, I think we can even elevate and, and get to a new gear here. Uh, but I did like some emotion. I liked a little pushback here from our guys. Uh, I thought we, you know, controlled the physicality and, and uh, were making things hard, especially on their defense, especially in the second period. Um, so we'll draw some stuff from that. And, and I know some of those games, you know, we didn't have our full lineup, neither did them. I mean, we're not too worried about that. Uh, we're really, I think, just really looking forward to a, a home game in this series. Sitting at the podium after the last game, Brandon talked about Hamilton's defense and called them big and slow. If that's the case, why are you guys, why are you guys having so much trouble getting to the front of the net and getting around them? Well, they're, they're big and strong, and they do a really good job. I wouldn't just say their defense, but as a five-man unit, uh, including their goaltender, they do a good job defending their zone. Um, you know, Again, we're going to have to find ways to get through that and, and muck around it a little bit. Um, but we know we have some dangerous players in our in our roster you know five guys that had 30 goals and uh, and more so uh, I don't think you can keep guys like that off the board very long joined by Hamilton Bulldogs head coach Jay McKee and forward Logan Morrison a five nothing final tonight coach uh, a second straight five goal effort for your group over 40 shots on goal and uh, three power play goals uh, really excelling kind of across the board maybe just uh, provide your thoughts on the win well I, I think um you know, like I said the other night, we're up against a very good hockey club. Uh, we have to be at our best, and I think our players showed uh, the respect that we have for that team and the way that they played, and, and obviously the power play was clicking. Um, you know, I like that we were able to match their physicality in the second period, uh, and overall, a pretty solid game. Our goaltending was uh, good again. Um, yeah, so again, we're fortunate to get a, a good win here at home. Logan, a goal and two assists for you tonight. And the points keep coming, but I know you're the kind of guy who would uh, want to give some love to your line mates. Of course, Avery with uh, two more goals for himself. Maybe just evaluate your line's performance tonight. Yeah, I thought we had a, a good game for sure. We've obviously been playing with each other for a while. There's some familiarity there. So, uh, yeah, we, we expect that of ourselves to come out every night and, and be effective. And obviously, uh, Hazer had a great night tonight, and uh, I thought Humphrey was really good too. We'll, uh, we'll take questions now.
Coach, you uh, you touched on it on the power play. I mean, at three for six, I believe, in the series so far. Just what's going right and clicking out there for you guys? It's been lethal so far in the series. Um, is there a way to settle that down? Uh, that be good. Uh, Andreas Carlson. No, he's been fantastic at, at working with these guys and putting the time in. And, uh, you know, obviously we have guys uh, with a lot of skill out there and IQ and vision, but. Uh, you know, I think a lot of credit goes to Andreas and the players that are involved. They've really worked hard and, and, and tried different things in practice against even our killers and, and breaking down the footage and all that stuff. So they, and it comes down to execution. You know, they've, uh, they've got a good penalty kill over there, especially coming into this series throughout the playoffs. And our, our guys have stepped up and, and really executed up there. One last question for me, just moving up the series now up to North Bay, you know, for both of you, you're going into, you know, hostile environment. What's the mindset going into that with games three and four coming up? Well, every team plays better at home. We know that. Um, obviously, they have last line change. Uh, they've got their home crowd, um, you know, so we, we know that uh, it's going to be hard fought again. Every game that we've had up there has been been very difficult and we're going to expect more of the same. Um, you know, I said uh, the other day, if we're going to have success against this team, we can't take a shift off. And I think our players have uh, shown the respect to that team by, by playing that way. Um, we understand how good they are, how good a season that they've had, uh, and how dangerous they can be. So uh, we have to play really good hockey up in North Bay. Coach, after the last game, um, when North Bay was up at the table, Brandon Coe described your defense as big and slow. Had you guys heard that comment? Did you hear that afterwards? Um, yeah, we, that's fine. Uh, you know, I don't really have a comment on that. I think uh, we're proud of the players that we have here. And, and uh, you know, I don't think they look big and slow tonight. So I, I, it's, that's fine. I, we're not going to get involved with that. And Logan, when um, early in the game they were working over Mason a bit, it looked like they were really keying on him. When he gets cross-checked from behind, when he gets roughed up a bit, is there, you guys want to score on the power play anyway. Is there extra to sort of, when that opportunity comes to show you want to do that to our guy, we'll, here's what we'll do. Is, is there a bit of that? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, when uh, they're kind of keen in on him, obviously he's a great player. So uh, I think it's just every power play, every opportunity we get, we're, uh, we're trying to score because we know that power plays don't come very often in playoffs, and uh, we have to take advantage of everyone we get. Yeah, Jay, the depth of this hockey club now that the series <clears throat> switches to North Bay, how confident are you in the matchup now as it switches to North Bay in the Garden? Well, I think Steve Stavros has done a masterful job at uh, building this team, uh, you know, through culture and, and, you know, after this team won just a few years back to be, you know, at this point uh, in the season this year, uh, a lot of credit, a ton of credit goes to Steve. Just um, great kids, uh, great depth on the team, uh, brought in some older players at the trade deadline and to fill out the depth and, and uh, you know, so we're, We've been a confident team. I don't think we've we've ever been the way our guys have played. They've never played overconfident. They've always respected their opponents and and uh, left it out there every shift. And in order to have success, uh, as much as these guys, these players have had over the past couple months, uh, you have to play that way. So really proud. Uh, our staff's really proud of our players, and obviously grateful for the players that Steve brought in. Uh, Logan, your coach mentioned this off the top met their physicality all night. And there was a point in that second period uh, where you had the fourth line out. You had Sims and Biondi out there. There was a bit of a scrum. And this building got loud. 
So what does that do for you? What does that do for the rest of your team? You know, your fourth line put in a great shift. And, you know, the only impact on the score sheet that it'll have was really the penalty minutes out of that. But, you know, how much does that get you guys fired up? Like the crowd's up. They're hyped from a great shift by your fourth line. Yeah, that was that was huge for our team. That was kind of a turning point in the game, I thought, when our fourth line had that shift. And uh, Dewey was buzzing, and, and Gio got in there, too. So uh, I think they got a penalty out of that scrum, too. And I think uh, we scored on it. So. Uh, I was telling Dewey that that's playoff hockey right there, the shift he had, and uh, that was huge for us. And Jay, just want to talk about Marco Costantini. I mean, he's a guy that really doesn't, he looks calm in the net. His movements are very calm, and just mm -hmm. you know, whether that's his style or just what keeps him in the game the longest, just talk about what he adds to the team and you know, why he's been so great. Uh, he's been exceptional. Um, you know, he makes the, the token saves and comes up with. Uh, Big ones when we need them. Uh, looks very calm in there. He sees the puck very well through traffic, um, and he's really a goalie that that makes hard saves look easy. You know, he's in the right spot. He anticipates well. Uh, yeah, so he, he's an, another huge piece of, of uh, you know solid team here. First for Logan, uh, you score your 11th of the playoffs so far, and. Avery Hayes, your line mate, has kind of really taken his game to the next level. Four points last game and another two goals tonight. Can you guys just talk about your line and the progression that you guys have, have had and, and elevating to another level here in the playoffs uh, as, as a key contributor to why your team is still undefeated in the playoffs? Yeah, like I said before, uh, I think it's just a familiarity thing. We've been playing together all year, so uh, we're always talking on the bench and uh, seeing what we have out there. And uh, obviously, Hazer's had a great playoff and uh, a really outstanding start to the series. And I thought Humphrey's been great too. He's uh, he's a horse out there too in the corners and everything. So I think it's just uh, the chemistry's going right now, and uh, we're liking how we're going. And for Jay, obviously, in your playing days, you had some very deep playoff runs with the Buffalo Sabres in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, some really good teams in that regard. Just what are you kind of trying to teach these guys now from your experience of playing in those those tough playoff matchups against, you know, really tough teams in some really hostile environments that hopefully you can take and give to them uh, as they look to uh, make a really deep run here, uh, hopefully with the, with the finishing out this series and just uh, your thoughts on just kind of giving your experience to those guys. Well, it, we just talked about it in the dressing room that, that you know, in hockey, uh, you have to enjoy the moment after a win and, and then really reset. Uh, I've mentioned a number of times how much we respect that hockey club over there, uh, their coaching staff, the players they have. And, um, you know, we have to go up to North Bay and, and understand we started 0-0. And what's happened, these games in the past have given us a little advantage in the series, but, but it's in the, it'll be in the past and we have to go earn uh, everything that we get again up there and, and obviously a more hostile environment in, in their building with them having last line change and getting the matchups that they want and, uh, and the fan support, great uh, fan support up there. So, um, yeah, really having to reset, enjoy the moment. We'll go over footage and, and again look to see where we can be better and, and uh, things we did well um, and then just reset everything for, for game three. There was the head coach of the North Bay Battalion as well as forward Mitchell Russell and then uh, hearing from Jay McKee, Logan Morrison of the Hamilton Bulldogs. And we'll start with the battalion. Start with Ulahan. Start with Russell. Again, it was, like, it was tough being in that room, uh, them coming in, losing 5 nothing. People probably aren't the biggest fans of coming into a presser after losing 5 nothing, And you could tell, like, they were down. I'd be down. But, you know, they came out, got asked some tough questions. <laughs> and yeah. 
discuss their thoughts and they're just focused on getting back to the gardens and, you know, feeding off of that home crowd. But we, we will start with it. Uh, Brandon Coe, after game one, you heard Scott Radley ask the question you know, about the Hamilton Bulldogs, big and slow defensemen. Both of us kind of looked at each other and we weren't like, whoa, did he really ask that? It was more of, hmm. I wonder how they're yeah. actually going to answer this because it was interesting. Of course, he asked it to McKee as well as Ulihan uh, about what happened. Obviously, Ooh. obviously, if you're the Bulldogs, what are you going to say? Well, we just won five nothing, so that's an easy yeah. answer. Um, but I don't know. What do What do you think, Wardy? Is Is there any merit to this? You, you know what? Honestly, I don't think it's that big of a deal because the Hamilton Bulldogs are up too. I just think it's Brandon Coe being a veteran. I think it was kind of out of context. I don't think he yeah. meant to say it the way he did. Um, and also it could be on the other hand, it could be a veteran saying like, Hey, like we're playing, we're, we're playing junior players. We're not, pl- they're, they're, they get, they get dressed the same way. They get up the same way as we do in the morning. They get, they go on the bus the same way as we do. Right. They go to the rank the same time. They're the same. Right. So let's try to get in their heads a little bit. Right. Like mm-hmm. you can, you know, they have momentum. Hamilton Bulldogs have not hit adversity, have not had a negative thing said about them all like they haven't lost a game at home since December 30th. So like they haven't had a negative thing said about them at all. Mm -hmm. And why not? Why not? If you're Brandon Kell, right. Hey, this is your last kick at the can. You want to win anything to win, right? I agree. Anything to win. So, Hey, why not say something? Cause you know, what's going to happen media like us and people in the we're going to start speculating that. and, and there we them. go yep exactly and now we have a and now we have a situation so why not why yep. not say it right why not do it i mean it ha- it's a little gamesmanship also the north bay battalion there was nothing about this but i was tent i wasn't going to ask this question because like i don't think i have the jars to ask that question <laughs> because why like north bay comes out with like a minute left on the clock and if you know the hamilton bulldogs you're easy- by the way, nailed and over, nailed the timing for the, when they were coming out for warmups. Yeah, the did. Hamilton Bulldogs come out to the ice very late, sometimes at like 30 seconds. Yeah, well, we floor. saw what 37 seconds, I think it was. They came out for the second period. Yeah. And, and then like 40 some like, odd for the third. Yeah. And then in the third, North Bay came out with like 55 left. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's a little gamesmanship there too. I mean, North Bay, they're in, it's a conference final, those little things happen right it's gonna happen it's fun in my opinion i love it it's grow it's growing the game it gets attention but um it's definitely a question that i think co regrets saying because you know it's going to it's gonna stir the pot probably. with someone yeah and hamilton doesn't care honestly hamilton no. doesn't care Logan you can Morrison's tell that from answer. the key you could tell yeah. and morrison didn't care at all they don't care why would they care? I mean, they're buzzing right now. They're just playing their game. Why would they switch anything up? And I mean, Jay McKee, we mentioned it with Savard. Jay McKee, he's been around. He knows, he knows what's he knows how to be in these every situation. So it's not that big of a deal. I just think it's it's a question that's gonna be there all series. You gotta remember their kids are gonna say stuff, right? That yeah. they don't that they're going to regret saying. I mean, we do it, everyone does it, so it is what it is. I don't think it's that serious of a situation. I like the way both coaches handled it. That's for sure. And also I really like how Houlihan, how he mentioned about the practice days, 
mm-hmm. practice days, practice days. North yeah, because, well, and I, I asked the question about their power play so far, five opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, this is a Captain Obvious question, but it, it that's the number one area where they got to start generating offense because clearly they haven't done the greatest job five-on-five five of doing it. So the, the crowd's going to help, but yeah. you got to – you got to start putting the Bulldogs in the box. And whether you go at it the same way that the Peets did in terms of physicality and scrums after the whistle, whether you do it that way, I think it's more just you got to keep the feet moving. And we'll get into this about North Bay and what do they got to do to start scoring more and kind of where we're at right now after getting shut out and then only scoring two in game one. But um, it's those opportunities. We saw a couple defensive breakdowns from the Bulldogs uh, in game two and it's those are the those are the moments the battalion have to score because we saw Peterborough do that in game two of that series when they went ahead and that's the exact mm-hmm. same situation that the battalion are in is they're going to get those opportunities because there is going to be that well, breakdown here and there we've seen it throughout the playoffs with the Bulldogs is just Costantini's been really good so it's it's drawing more calls. It's keeping your feet moving. It's taking advantage of those opportunities. And it's just a collective mix of a lot of things for the Bulldogs right now. And like you said, Ulahan knows that. He goes, we're going to get that. We're going to use that practice day as a gift. And we're going to work on stuff that I know we got to work on. But we're also going to build off of the good things that we've already done in this series. Yeah. And, you know, I have a couple points here. Um, Russell is out for – a little bit. I don't think he'll play in either of the games. He upper body injury press conference. I wish I would have known. Cause that would have been a perfect question to ask how he was like, how health wise he is. It's an upper body injury. Did you notice anything in the press conference? Didn't really me, show a whole lot. Me neither. Me neither. He actually kind of laughed like his reaction to where, when Radley asked about the coat, about the big slow D he actually kind of laughed, like smirked it off. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I don't really like, you know, like I didn't really see anything. Like I would have never guessed that, but Mitch Russell out for sure. Game three tonight. So we will see. Hope. I think if they lose, He'll try to be back for game four. You would oh, yeah. think elimination game, your last game. Yeah. Whereas um, if they come back to Hamilton, they'll probably keep him out another one. Yeah. And also speaking of keeping out big, big news in this series with uh Devincentis starting game two over Verbetic. Ask that question. And that was awkward. My first, uh, our first media scrum, we, we get to answer the first, we get to ask the first two questions. That was pretty nice eh, for us. So that was pretty cool. But um, yeah. Reese, you had a good question that I asked him first about the goaltending situation. It's just them having confidence. It was Demon Sentence's time to go. But here's the thing. Why not? Did he, why didn't he get a game in game one or in round one? Why didn't he get a game in game two? Why now? So that's kind of an interesting situation there. Maybe it's just a hide verbatic, kind of give them some rest a little bit. But maybe there's an injury there too with verbatic that we don't know. We will find out tonight though, because if Demon Sentence gets to start tonight, I believe there's something nagging. With Verbatic. You would think, right? Yeah. A, you're not out of a series till you get home. And if they lose tonight, it's a it's a tough uphill battle. It's very tough to beat Hamilton four games in a row. They haven't, like, what's their record? 52-3 and three since mm-hmm. the trade deadline? They haven't lost a game at home since December 30th, right? You'd have to beat them twice in Hamilton. 
I don't, that's a tough uphill climb. So we'll see, but you're going to have to win one in Hamilton for sure. But mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta win at least one, hopefully two at home. If you're North Bay and that garden's gotta be rocking because yeah. they need it. They need some life. North Bay definitely needs some life. They were flat. They were flat in that game. I thought the first 10 minutes they were right there with Hamilton. I thought Hamilton was kind of sluggish in the first. Um, I thought, I thought they were a little too up in the rush, the defense, which has been the problem, right? It was a problem with Peterborough. It was a problem with Mississauga at times. I think they get too jumpy a little bit. I mean, you got to get through the starter's gate first, right? You got to get the horse mm-hmm. in the starter's gate. And you kind of skipped that step, right? And they didn't – they also – the way North Bay plays, they play high defensively. Hamilton's got to get below the goal line where where North Bay plays up on the Hamilton defense. Do you want – hey, they're good – when you watch them play, they're going to play to that quote unquote big slow D North Bay because they play so high. They want to get on the defense, make them get in awkward situations, which, hey, that's classic, right? Why not? If that's what you think, let's do it. Mm-hmm. But that situation there is interesting because you watch the way North Bay plays, and there's a lot of three on twos, three on ones, and Hamilton, that extra forward's not back when the defenseman gets caught. That's where you see those two on ones, the three on ones, the three on twos, those odd man rushes that Hamilton if Hamilton stops giving those up, they're going to win these games like eight, nothing. Like they're just beating themselves. It's mental errors. And that's one there. That's very, that caught my eye because that's the situation that you got to be careful about. If you're Hamilton, it, it didn't, it hasn't hurt them this year, but that is the one where you got to be smarter than you get. You can't get caught. You got to stay in your gaps. I mean, you're up one, you're up two. You're up three. Why are you pushing for more offense, right? Like, let's close this out. Yep. In the second period, remember, we said Hamilton can literally just play the trap and it's over. And Because North Bay was really just going through the motions. They weren't really doing much. And that's a situation there where if Ham- Hamilton, like, they can just toy with them if they want to. Yep. But that's something to watch for. Watch out for tonight. Watch the Hamilton defense. Yeah. Well, well another point I made of asking Logan Morrison was you mm-hmm. know, talking about the fourth line and oh. – Again, you talk about it being one of the best fourth lines in the league. Um, they're up there, but I don't wouldn't say yeah, they probably are actually. But anyways, just there's a shift about six minutes into the second period, I think it was. There's a scrum along the along the boards, kind of near the penalty box area. Sims beyond you were right in the thick of things. And you know, one of the things that is gonna keep Hamilton ahead and move them on in the playoffs and into the championship and possibly the Memorial Cup is just that energy that that fourth line built. And, you know, I, like, like I said to Logan, he could tell, like the crowd was up and it's because their fourth line just had one hell of a shift. And exactly. that's, and I think North Bay needs to start getting to that, that third, fourth line contributing, maybe not on the score sheet, but tough. starting stuff like that, like Sims and Beyondy did. They're in the thick of things they created, penalties. I think there was four minutes assessed on North Bay side, two on Hamilton. So you get that power play and they ended up scoring. And that's, that's kind of part of the game where Hamilton just excels is they're lucky that they have three first lines, maybe not three first lines, but two first lines for sure. And then a really, really good third line that would probably be a top line on a bottom team and a really good second line on a good team. Um, whereas Hamilton, they're a great team. So they end up being on the third line, but you look at that fourth line group is that's what sets them aside with the depth, maybe not scoring, but the depth energy that just adds to what their team, 
has. Well, Hamilton is such a good group, right? Where they where they know how to thrive off the depth guys having big shifts. I mean, that fourth line, Reese Sims, uh, Sims, Biondi, and Duarte. That's a heck of a mm-hmm. fourth line. Um, the one line I would like to see be a little bit better for North Bay is the pet is Petrov, Wakely, and Tarasevich, the third line. Yeah. That line needs to be better because that line, there were times where we didn't notice Nisak very much. In but it was game. hilarious. We mentioned that, and then he had and a glorious chance, chance on that. And we're like, yeah. oh, there he is. Hey, what's up? <laughs> it was <man>? weird. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those, uh, those situations, yeah, definitely. And it's tough, right? It's tough for that third, fourth line for their rookies. Because Hamilton's fourth line isn't rookies. They're older players. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sims is an older player now. Biondi's an older player now. Duarte's been around. I mean, that's a tough line to match up with against rookies. And I like that. I got to ask McKee that question about the matchup now that you go on the road, right? What's the difference in the matchup? And you have confidence, right? He has, he has a lot of confidence in the matchup because of that, right? So I'm going to play, I'm going to play. 19 and 18 year olds against 16 and 17 year olds. I like that matchup all day in the playoffs mm-hmm. and it's, that's, what's tough. And then you see, okay, if my 19 year old fourth line, isn't going to have a good shift. We have Constantine that can bail us out right now. Who's on top of his game. I mean, this is, this is the best stretch he's played all year and he's been good all year. So he has that confidence, right? And it'll be interesting to see what the matchup is here, but expect that beyond the sim, Sims and Duart maybe see Brennan Anderson in the lineup a couple here on the road. Mm-hmm. Expect those guys to have a massive role here on the road because I know Ulahan, a very good matchup guy in North Bay, big analytic team with Adam Dennis as a general manager. They know how to match up. Watch out for that them trying to get exposed against the co line, right? They're gonna try to get them out there against the co because right now, especially with Russell out. You're going to have to play Co Petrov. You're going to have to play those guys whenever they can go. This is basically an elimination game now, right? It's the next closest to an elimination game. You're down two, right? Can't, it can only get one game worse. So let's see what you can do here, right? Let's, if Co, Co Petrov, maybe you go every other shift, right? Make sure they get out there. You're double shifting them because you're going to have to avoid the matchups. And if you're Hamilton, you just keep rolling. You just keep rolling. Nothing changes. I mean, they're a freight train right now and every team's on the tracks and they're getting off the tracks real quick. How good have they been? So that's the one thing to look out for to see. Maybe you got to watch that similar to what people stressed about the Maple Leafs, right? About Austin Matthews. And you see with Edmonton with Connor McDavid, how these guys got to roll. They're not on a set line. You don't want to put, let's say you don't put Brett, um, you don't put Brandon Coe on a set line. He just runs rover, right? every other shift he's out there because catch your breath you're out there next shift because Mm -hmm. you're facing elimination games you're at home right now you need momentum you got to ride your best players out there hey you can heal also you can heal all summer right you're this close now to the finals let them go you gotta let them go so expect to see the line juggling here ulahan mentioned practice being a big deal watch the practice here. You might see a lot of different looks here by the North Bay Battalion because they definitely need to get the energy up there because they lacked it in game two. That's for sure. Yeah. And they're going to need it down two games to none against the Hamilton Bulldogs game three, four, of course, at the gardens for them game three and four between Windsor and Flint takes place at the Dort. So if you can't make it to any of the games like us, cause we're not going to drive five hours to North Bay, 
make sure you get CHL TV. If you don't have it already, yeah. you should. But make sure you get it because it's going to be really fun. Hamilton has a chance to go on the road, win two, head to the OHL championship. Windsor Spitfires as the top seed have a chance to go up 3-1 and come back to the Wafku Center with a chance to move on to the OHL championship. Of course, all could change. It could be a 2-2 tie coming back to first Ontario Center, or it could be 2-2 tie to the Wafku Center. Yeah. So you never know. Or Flint could be up 3-1, and they eliminate on the road. You never know. So Now the series, you're going to get excited. Exciting. Really, once that series shifts, that's when you start to see the plot twist and you start to see the momentum, right? Now you start to see that quote-unquote momentum in a series. That is it for us on the 97th edition of the OHL and 60 podcast. 100th is coming up. Mark your calendars. June 14th, it will more than likely be a Mem Cup preview because six days later, the OHL champion takes on St. John. So it should be fun. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Really appreciate it. Oh, Enjoy the playoffs. You know what? What he's got a thing to say. Yeah, sorry. No, I no, no. Want, you're good. I'm just I, kidding. I just thought quickly here, we should um, give our thoughts and prayers out to the people of Texas. Um, that's devastating shooting today in their uh, one of their schools. Um, I just quickly think at the end of the show, we should uh, give our thoughts and prayers to people of Texas because that's terrible. Mm-hmm. You, um, you should not have to send your kids to school and don't come home. That's devastating. Um, it's a sad world today. So tough, tough week, right? You see in Buffalo, thoughts and prayers with people of Buffalo, thoughts and prayers with people of Texas. That's uh, devastating. So I quickly want to mention that um, before we end because our thoughts and prayers are with them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, Morty. Well said. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, hope you enjoy the week and we will be back in six days this time. Uh-huh.